Thank you, thank you, Tim. Yes, for me, it's easier to keep track of how long we've been friends because um, we met in a missions trip in Nicaragua. They were doing a lot of work down there and we spent uh, like one week working in Managua. It, it's hot, it's, there's no air conditioning, we were sweating all week. We would look very different back then. His hair, uh, <laughs> he, He, we were both different, uh, but back then he had more hair like on the top of the head and now it's the opposite. Now his hair is underneath. For me, it's easy to remember because after we were working all that week, um, they jumped in a plane and came back and, and they came on a Saturday. There's a reason why I remember all those little details because the next day on a Sunday, I rushed with my wife uh, to the hospital where my daughter, my oldest daughter, Natalia, was born. So it's, for me, it's easy to remember that it's been 11 years, over 11 years now that we meet each other. And I, I have a picture for, of the whole family so you can see them. Uh, that's us in the coffee farm. That's my wife, Anna. Natalia is the oldest. Santiago is the one jumping there to the left. Lydia is on the right. I don't know if you noticed, but Lydia, is the, is, she didn't practice and she came and she, did, she was doing all the dance and... Like, <laughs> There's something about that girl. She gets excited about g going around and, and, and meet new people. We're drinking his coffee this morning. Yeah. Yes, keep drinking more and more coffee. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's my, my wife's family. They own the coffee farm. And we, 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 by the blessing of the Lord, we get to do a lot of ministry. And a lot of what we do in ministry, most of our budget in ministry comes from the coffee proceeds, comes from the coffee. So every time you are drinking coffee, uh, you know, sometimes you get a lot of different certifications for coffee, fair trade and rainforest and bird friendly and a lot of different things. And I'm not going to get, yes, I'm not going to get into that today. But if you want to discuss about that, we, will, we can do it. Um, but every time you drink uh, the Nicaraguan coffee, that coffee, you know that a chunk of those proceeds is going back to the kingdom, is going back to the communities, is going back to the families, that uh, we are not only providing them with a good job and a better salary and better wages than the other farms, it goes beyond that. The most important is that they get to see Jesus in a different way. They get to see the gospel in a different way, in an active way. It's like what you guys were doing yesterday, go, uh, getting up that early in the morning. You know, Pastor Tim told me, hey, you want to come to the outreach? At what time it is? 4.30 in the morning. Like, ah. Oh. Um, um, I will see the pictures later. <laughs> and, and you get out of your way to help others. And you guys uh, uh, has been such a blessing to us. Being, for me, it's an honor just to stand here in front of you. I've known some of you over the years. And it's amazing to see how God has been working and how God has been laying out his plan for you, for us. And it's him building his kingdom. It's him building his church. It's what he said. I am going to build my church. And for the past 2,000 years, that's what he has been doing. And for me, that's exciting. Uh, and, you know, I know my, I am in trouble already because all the families, you need to have a pet. If you don't have a pet, your family, you feel a little incomplete. So we have a pet ourselves. That's, that's our rescue dog, Chloe, and my wife is already like, and I know, I know, you, I know a lot of you are saying, oh, and I don't believe you because he's not a cute dog. 
It's not cute. Uh, just, let, let's take it out of the screen. It, I don't want anybody to have nightmares with it. It's, but it's very sweet. It's very smart. Um, and in a way, has been a blessing for us and the children as well. Pastor Tim was saying that uh, uh, almost two years ago, we were doing the fundraising for the building. In the church, the ministry in Matagalpa, in Nicaragua, is growing a lot. When we meet, we had four churches in the mountains. The church number one was on the coffee farm. Uh, now here we are 11 years later, and there are 42 churches that has been planted, most of them in the mountains, in the rural, rural parts of, of, the, of the country. And it's, 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 it's nothing about me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not cute enough. It's rough to come and speak after all that cuteness overload just happened here. Um, so it's not about me. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's Him. And even if we, if, we, if we can pay attention and we hear what's going on around us in the world, in our nations, we hear that there's a hunger for God. There's a hunger for truth. Even if the people try to find it in the wrong places, but people is looking, people is seeking. And we know the truth. We know the gospel. We know Jesus. And as a church, we have that obligation to share those good news with the people around us all the time. All the time. And the ministry is growing and, and we are training. Part of what we do a lot of in Nicaragua is the training new leaders and establishing the, the, the local churches. And we needed, a, we needed room for the church to grow in Matagalpa and to train the new leaders and train young pastors. And, and, and we've been believing, we've been praying. And then the Lord took us to that amazing building in the city of Matagalpa. And that's why we came. We were fundraising to buy it. And you guys... Uh, uh, let's not get this out of this room. But this church, in that, in that period of time, in that fundraising, I, I spoke, I, it was like a three months, and I spoke to all kinds of churches. Uh, churches that they were meeting in garages, churches that has thousands of people. I spoke everywhere. Whenever they gave me a microphone, I would get up and go and speak. <laughs> but by far, this was the most generous church. And you know what? You may not even know it that you are walking into a, into, a, into a family, into a community of believers that is not about the building, that is not about, about yourself, that, that, that can see the bigger picture and see that it's, it's the kingdom, that it's Jesus. And that's something neat. And you guys, beyond that offering, you guys have been supporting the ministry. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you because through the years, through time, the way Community Church has been friends to us. And we go through seasons in our lives when we need that kind of friends. And I just want to testify really quick before we jump into the Word. Don't worry, we will open the Word of God. Uh, we came, we did all the fundraising. We, ra we, we, we uh, got a big chunk of money for, to give the down payment and secure the building. And then we, we had everything figured out with the banks and the financial institutions, and we had our payment plan laid out. We got back to Nicaragua. We, were, we started doing all the final paperwork, checking with lawyers. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't know. Here probably is not here. Everything is super fast, and everything is easy to do. But over there, to make something like that happens, you have to go to a thousand different offices. And you need, each one of those offices has a stamp, and it takes time to do it. So when we, when we were finally ready, we signed all the papers, we signed the contracts, we paid the down, down payment, we got everything ready to go. Uh, Nicaragua, the whole country started to blow up. I don't know if you remember last year. 
It was, we signed the papers, we signed everything uh, two years ago, 2018, April 2018. Everything was ready to go. We signed everything. Two days later, all that happened. And when that happened, all the banks in the country said, we are not putting any money anywhere anymore. We are not going to lend you the money. We, the, all the banks, even today, they enter into collecting mode only. They are not, not even if, we, if they close all the, all the credit lines that everybody had, like if you have a coffee farm or a business and you need, you need a credit line open to do business, they closed everything. They were not giving any money. And we got into a big trouble. Okay, what do we do now? And we start praying and we start believing. And the guy, when we sign everything, he started calling, hey, Pablo, we had a paper signed. Like, yes, dude, we are in the same boat. We want to find a solution. And it took us 18 months sitting with him and rough discussions and negotiations with him going back and forth. And, and at the end, we find a financial institution here in the States who lend us the money with a way better rates than what we were getting in Nicaragua. Way, 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 way better. But that's not the best part. The best part is that because of the situation and everything, we renegotiate the price and we knock off $80,000 of the original price we signed. And when we did that, it was like, oh, God is so good. Even all that, what that was happening, work on on, 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 on our benefit. We didn't say it at the moment, but God was doing an amazing thing. So now we have the building secure. We got all everything laid out. Next year, we do our first payment and we are already, the, work is, the church is working really hard in Matagalpa and we are being able to fulfill all, all our payments so far, everything that, our obligations. And I just want to uh, share with you that sometimes when we want to see God moving, when we want to see a miracle, sometimes we need to do something kind of crazy. Sometimes we need to step out a little bit of our comfort zone and do something that it's unexpected, something that, that it's different. It's, and if you have your Bible, see if, if you want to open it, you can open it in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Mark, chapter 2. I am going to be reading there. Mark chapter 2, I have, uh, I'm going to be reading the ESV, but you can read whatever you want. Uh, It's more comfortable for you. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. The Bible says, and when he returned, and he is speaking about Jesus. Mark is is speaking about Jesus. And in Mark 1, he starts the the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus starts healing a lot of people. And Jesus starts doing amazing things. And and crowds starts following him everywhere. Then he went to the other side of the lake, of the Sea of Galilee. Then he came back. And this is what we pick up. He returned to Capernaum after some days. It was reported that he was at home. Who was at home? Who was at home? Who was at home? Don't be afraid to say Jesus. You can say Jesus. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they... And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything, anything like this. When you read the scriptures and you, and you see that kind of miracles, I don't know about you, but you, you need to get excited. I am, I, I'm by myself. I'm, I'm a person who has a big imagination, and I love all media, and I love movies, and I've seen every movie is there about Jesus. But I imagine this specific scene. Just, just, just picture it yourself. They are gathering. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is at home. And I could say, well, first, most important thing is make sure Jesus is at home. Jesus is at home, okay? That's the first thing. Because when Jesus is at home, something is about to happen. So the people started to get in here. And Pastor Tim, make sure Jesus is in this place every time, every week, every Sunday. He has to be the center of everything we do. And when he is the center, he is the one who does all the work. Is his spirit the one who touches the people? Is his spirit the one who makes all the hard things, all the impossible, make it possible? But it's Jesus the one who does everything. He is preaching. Just imagine, and I am, I am shooting a, a, a movie right now. Just imagine that place. Jesus, and I don't know how you can imagine Jesus. You can imagine him with a very long hair or a short hair. Uh, you can picture whatever you want. But he is there, and he's teaching. And it's the Middle East. And it's crowded. It's so crowded. It's packed. There is no room. That's what the Bible says. There is no room for anybody else in that house. And there's no air conditioning. It's hot. It's, everybody's sweating. And I imagine there's a couple people there f- who forgot to put on deodorant that day. <laughs> so that makes it, uh, the scene even a little bit more realistic. This is what we face in the real world. And that's happening, and Jesus is teaching, but nobody moves. And there's no room. You know, in Nicaragua, when you go into the communities, and a lot of times uh, the, the churches are very small, and, and most of them in the rural areas, it's just wooden churches. We were speaking once, and well, that happens all the time. When the church gets packed, what everybody starts doing, it's they open the windows and everybody starts sticking their heads inside the windows to don't miss what's going on inside. So it's very common that you are there and you are preaching and then you see in this window like three heads (laughs) from the outside. And I don't know, some people even bring their own like little stools to be able to climb on top of the person who is already there. And the the doors is the same way. So that's how I picture this. Jesus, the whole place is so packed. There's people peeking through the windows. Once we were preaching in a community in Rancho Grande, and that's what happened. It was packed. It was full with people. And, and when we were preaching, suddenly we start hearing a weird noise, like going all over the place. Like It's hard. You are trying to translate. I was translating for a pastor, and he was preaching, and all that noise, all that commotion, and you hear shouts of people. What's going on? 
And they start to remove the boards of the walls of the church so more people can see. I mean, the windows were not big enough. The doors were not big enough. So they started to turn down the walls of the church to make the people be able to hear the good news. When I was there, my first reaction was like, the pastor is going to kill me. <laughs> and I look at the pastor and the pastor, at first he was shocked. And then I see he got up. And he started working with his, with his elders in the church. And they were the ones starting to turn down the walls too. And they were making room for more people to come. That's how I picture this. It's so crowded. It's, it's packed. There's no room. And then the camera, remember, I'm shooting a movie. Then the camera make a panoramic shot. Down the road, a dusty road, I see the four guys carrying his friend. Wearing sandals. And I don't see them walking and enjoying the view. I see them running down a trail. I see the dust coming up. And I see them running. Because they, want, they know that their friend needs Jesus desperately. They know that Jesus was there. And Jesus was his only hope. So they were running down the trail. First thing I want to tell you is you need friends like them. We all need friends like that. We need friends that they are able to get out of their way to help each other. We need friends. We need to be surrounded by that kind of people. People that when you, are, uh, when you feel lonely, when you feel broken, that when you feel that there is no more hope and there, you don't know what else to do, you can call them and tell them, hey, pray for me. Pray for me. We need friends like that. Do you have friends like that? Let me tell you, that's one of the things why the church exists. Why the way exists is to help us to connect with, with other believers. Is to find people. When, when the problem is that a lot of times we don't want to make friends. We don't want to, to, to get to know each other. I'm an introvert, okay? So when I, since I'm an introvert, when I walk into a room and it's full, like it's amazing uh, how full is this building right now, probably what I would do is I would try to find a little corner where nobody will see me. They will be hiding behind the Christmas tree and, 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 and that's my nature. And I'm walking out of that and I'm forcing myself to make friends because I need friends. My, my wife has been really good at me doing that. She even set up play dates for me. <laughs> she has. <laughs> That, and that, and that, that's out of love. We need people around ourselves. We need people that can lift us up. So if you are coming and you are new in the way, look, we are not perfect people here. Nobody's perfect. But what we do is we love each other and we will help each other and, and we will accept that we are not perfect and we will help us to lift each other up when we need it. And when we as Nicaraguan uh, church, every time... I know, I know I can count on you guys. Yeah. I, know, I know I can count on your prayers. I know I can count on your love. And that's way more important than anything else in this world. You need friends like that. But secondly, you need to, we all need to be friends like them. We need friends like them, but we need to be friends like them. It's one thing. It's, it's, it's being in the receiving side of receiving all the love. Something else is when we need to be the ones giving love. Giving love to others, giving love to those who are in need, giving love to those who are broken, giving love to those who are really needing a hug or just, or just a high five or just to know that somebody cares. 
We all need to be like those four guys. And you know, they, they carried their friend and they got there. And what they faced, it was a lot of walls. And I'm gonna speak about really two walls right now. One is the physical wall. I mean, there, there's a wall in the house that they cannot get to Jesus. They cannot get his friend to Jesus because of the wall of the house. You know what? They, they, there are physical walls sometimes that stop people to come to Jesus. Maybe they don't have a ride. Maybe they don't feel good. Maybe they, 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 they are having a hard time getting up in the mornings. We need to help others to overcome that kind of wall so they can come to Jesus. A lot of times there are people that we know that all what they need, it's, it's a ride. And they are afraid to ask. So we, we can be a blessing to somebody. But it means that we, in act of love, we need to get out of our comfort zone, out of our way. And even if it's disruptive sometimes, we need to go and help others. But that's not the only wall that that guy and his friends faced. And the second wall is harder for me because I see it and it's real. And it's a wall of indifference. It's a wall of apathy. Because when you get there, and there's a wall of people there. There's a lot of people. And I don't know about you, but if, if I'm in a, in a crowded place like that, and I'm using my imagination because probably I would not be, being an introvert, I would not be in a crowded place like that. <laughs> but if I'm in a crowded place like that and I see somebody come with a wheelchair, very likely I will move over. Very likely I will make room and I will say, hey, Juan, move over, Pedro, go to the other way. Let's make room for our friend here. That's what, uh, that's, that, that's, I think, it's, it's, the, it's the most normal reaction we all have. But that's not, that's not what happened in that story. Those guys came in and when they approached that wall of people, they didn't care about him. They didn't care about his need. They didn't care, care that he, he, he needed Jesus maybe more than they needed Jesus. They were so focused just enjoying the teaching, just enjoying the preaching that they didn't care the actual physical need of that person. It's indifference and apathy. I don't care about my brother. All what I care is that I am here. Oh, thank you. You see, you know how to treat people well. It's that and I see it and we see it among Christians all over the world. We don't care. And that's not true. If you, if you go overseas and wherever you go, you will find out that the, that the organization that has built the most hospitals and orphanages and helped the most people is the church. It's being always the church. It's being always the church. And you go every time there's a natural disaster, you know who are the first, uh, the, who are there to respond? It's the church. All everybody else, all the other organizations are trying to figure out what to do. We are down there praying with the people. We are down there doing something with the people already. It's the church. The church cares. The church loves. But let's not give any room to indifference and apathy. We need to love, active, way, everybody, all the time. Even that people that it's hard to love. Even that people that is different than us. It's true. It's, it's easy to love people. It's just like us. It's easy to love people that they look just like us. That's the easier thing. Harder is to love people that it's different. It's true. 
and I'm not going to get political, but it's hard to love people that don't think or don't agree with us yeah. politically. Whatever, whatever you can be, whatever you want. But sometimes it's hard to love the people who are in the other side in that spectrum. And as Christians, we are called to love Amen. the others, to love each other. That's good preaching right there. We cannot let the indifference and the apathy to be built in us. Those guys got in, and that's what they faced. That specific group of people, they didn't care. So you know what? Let's do some creative evangelism. Let's do some creative evangelism. Our friend needs Jesus, and the normal way, the way we always do it, the way that we should do it is not going to work. Let's do something different. Let's jump on the roof. Let's make a wall, a hole in the roof, and let's get him down to Jesus. If that's not creative, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Let's do some, whatever it takes to get the people to Jesus, to his feet. If that means make a hole in the roof, let's make holes in all our homes. If that's going to get people to Jesus. Sometimes we get so attached to things and how we do stuff that we miss the opportunity to present Jesus to others. So let's do that. And at the end, Jesus is the one who does all the work. Jesus gets in there. Uh, and, and look at the, at the guy, and he see the faith of his friends. Just remember, we are shooting a, a picture. Finally, the guy is in front of him, and Jesus, look at him. And Jesus, the Bible says he sees the faith of his friends. Just imagine the camera going up, and I imagine the four guys speaking through the hole in the roof, their faces. Their smiles, their expectation, all what they, they have been building inside of them. Okay, this is the moment. It's going to happen. Jesus is going to do something. That expectation is what we need to have all the time when we come to church because we can expect that Jesus is going to do something in this house. We can need to expect that Jesus is going to touch somebody, that somebody is going to come broken and he's going to go back whole, that somebody is going to come sick and he's going to be healed in this place, that somebody is going to come here without any hope. And in this place, they are going to meet Jesus and they're going to go back with hope, with joy and with peace back home. So we need to come with that expectation Jesus see the face of them and tells, tells the guy your sins are forgiven and everybody shouted praise hallelujah no these the people who were not there the indifferent and the apathetic people they didn't care about that so Jesus did something even amazing is get up pick up your bed go home if I was that guy I would need probably two years of therapy <laughs> to learn to wake up to get up it's a paralytic get up Start building his muscle. Learn to keep the balance. Learn and you know how to learn again how to walk. That guy didn't need anything. He got up. It was everything was built up. He's, it was not just the healing of whatever kept him there. It's all his muscles were rebuilt in that sense. His, his mind was healed in that specific moment. He knew how to jump. He knew he knew how to get up, get down, roll his bed, put it in his shoulder and says, you know what? See you guys later. I'm going home. That's amazing. It's amazing. That's what Jesus do. I could tell you here a lot of stories. I could tell you that maybe in Nicaragua right now, because of the ministry, there are thousands of people meeting, worshiping Jesus. But that's not why we do what we do. It's not about having a lot of people. 
It's about the one people. It's about the one person. There's one guy, just a, a couple pictures there. There's one guy, uh, Harrison. He's a kid. Some of you got to know last, last year in BBS. When he started to come, if we can keep that picture there for a second. When he started to come to church, um, the neighbors would call me. Hey, pastor, Harrison is going to church? Yes, he started to come to church. Talk to him. He's... Language, his vocabulary is nasty. He's the most disrespectful kid in the block. He and all the neighbors will call me just to tell me that and say, Well, we are going to love him. We are going to try. He grew up, he gave his heart to Christ. He has changed in that picture. He is sharing in our weekly fasting meeting. He's sharing his testimony. Now his two brothers are in church. His mother is coming to church. His grandma is coming to church. The whole family was transformed because of the one. And now he plays drums in church. And when we see stories like that, we, just, we don't know what the Lord is going to do. Because when I, see, when I see him, I see myself. I grew up in a broken home. But Jesus came into my house when I was five. My father later was called to ministry. And my life was changed. And because of one, that one was me. The one that I was, I was lost. I was broken. I had no hope. All my friends that I grew up with, they are in prison or they are in jail. And I, I can share about that later another day. But I am different. And I am committed to make a difference, not only in Nicaragua, but in Central America. And to share good news in Latin America and the whole wide world. But everything started with one. You just don't. You see that one. And you don't know what the future lays ahead of them. You don't know what Jesus is going to do with them. That's why we do what we do. We don't do it to feel good about ourselves. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. The way you are in this city, in this place. Let's be friend to other people. Let's be like those four guys. Let's bring them to Jesus. Let's love this city. Let's love our neighbors. Let's take every opportunity to share the good news. And let's see beyond what our, what our eyes can see. Instead of seeing just a broken home or somebody that is having a rough time, we can see a complete different person. Somebody that's going to put this world upside down with the power of the gospel. That's why we are here. That's why we do what we do. Let me pray really quick. Father, we come to you and want to thank you because you have been good to us. Thank you for the way community church, thank you for their generosity. Thank you because they have been a blessing opening a door for us to minister in even in better ways in Nicaragua. And I pray for this church and leadership that you may uh, bless them beyond what they can expect and give them even creative ways to reach out their city and their community. 
and that we all may be surprised by your power. Señor Jesús, yo te pido hoy que seas tú bendiciéndonos, que tu Espíritu Santo esté sobre nosotros, que nos guardes y nos guíes y nos llenes de tu paz y de tu gozo siempre. Bendice esta iglesia a todo su liderazgo y que seas tú guiando nuestros pasos. Estamos en tus manos y te amamos, Señor Jesús. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, The Way. Thank you, Pastor Tim.